Good morning, church, and happy birthday. This is the one birthday that we all have in common this morning, and that is the day of Pentecost Sunday, which is the actual birthday of the church, all churches, everywhere. So we are celebrating together this morning. Um, a very special thank you to Shirley and Deline for our absolutely beautiful music this morning. Thank you to Mary and Edel for the painting of the Holy Spirit uh, here on our altar and for the, the beautiful flowers that maybe aren't quite as in view as they need to be. <laughs> about reopening the church um, we would love your comments and your feedback on um, on how you feel about that um, we we have a plan that we are going by but we uh, appreciate and are listening to what you have to say so uh, as you talk to your care leaders throughout the week uh, Please share with them uh, how, how you feel about coming back to the church, um, what some of your concerns are with coming back to the church. And um, please know that we will be listening and we will be taking everything in as we begin to make that decision as to when. Um, let's see. Uh, I believe that's all the announcements that I have this morning, but I do want ask that you join me as we come together in prayer this morning. So let us pray. Almighty God, what a beautiful day to celebrate the birth of your church. Lord, your church that continues to preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news, Lord, for the world. And what a perfect, perfect time to be reminded that your son Jesus is the good news for the world. We just thank you for him. We thank you for the opportunity to come together to worship, Father. Um, even if it's in front of a telephone or a tablet or a computer screen, Lord, what an amazing, amazing testament to the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, and we thank you for that. Father, we lift up to you this morning Bob Hunt, who is in the hospital in Opelika having some heart issues. Um, we know that Marcia is at home and she's actually watching with us this morning. So, Lord, just let her and Bob both fill our prayers as they go up for him. Uh, prayers also for the doctors as they try to figure out what's going on with Bob, Lord. 
and um, we know that he is in your very capable hands, and we trust what is going to happen from this point on, Father. We also lift up to you PJ as he continues to go back and forth for his treatments this week. Father, for Delene Crawley, who will be having her heart procedure on Tuesday in Birmingham of this week. Father, we also lift up to you Bobby Welcher, who will be going in on June the 4th for a procedure, Father. And we just pray that you will be with Bobby and Miss Peggy as they uh, proceed and, and go in for this surgery. Father, we lift up to you Tom Nielsen this morning. Lord, we know that Tom has not had a good week, and so, Lord, we just lift him up in our prayers and pray a healing touch on Tom and, Lord, for Mary, his caretaker, Lord, his caretaker. And, Father, this morning we most especially pray for our country. Lord, we pray for our leaders. We pray for leaders from the top down, Lord. We pray for leaders in our churches as decisions are having to be made, Lord. But even in the midst of these decisions that are made, Father, we are looking around at a hurting, broken, struggling country, trying to find our way, trying to get back to those basic things that our country was founded on, Lord, and that is love and respect for each other. And Father, we just need your help. So we call on the power of the Holy Spirit this morning, Lord, just to cover this country. Lord, you know the many events that have happened over the couple of weeks that have continued to fracture our country. Lord, we need your healing peace. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds. Lord, speak to our hands and feet as we venture out, as we interact with each other in our country, either sheltering at home or, or venturing out into a semi-normal schedule, Father. And we just pray that the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, will guide our speech, will guide our actions, Lord, and that it will bring healing to this country. Lord, I pray for patience this morning as we continue to wait out this pandemic. Father, this is such a roller coaster ride. There are days that seem, things seem to be going back to normal, and then it seems like, Lord, we take two or three steps backwards. Lord, just help us to know that you are here with us during this most difficult time of this pandemic. Lord, let us feel your peace in our hearts and to know that you are here. Father, be with us in our worship service this morning. We are careful to give you the praise and the glory this morning. And we thank you for your presence with us. And we lift all of this in the precious name of Jesus. As we pray this morning the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us.
forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Acts. We're reading the second chapter of Acts, verses 1 through 21. Hear now the word from the scriptures. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthenons, Medes, Elamites, and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Pyria, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans, and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portions in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let us pray. Almighty God, Jesus said, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses 
in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Holy Spirit, on this Pentecost Sunday, we claim your power. Amen. Years ago, Bill and I went on a mission trip to Victoria, Mexico. It was a very humbling experience for me. At that particular time, I had never been out of the country. And I had especially never been where people spoke a different language than what I spoke. And for the first time in my life, I was the one in the minority. And I have to admit, it made me very paranoid when I would walk down the streets or I would pass some of the locals in the community where we were and they would look at me and granted I looked very different from the dark skins of Mexico they would immediately start talking to themselves and I just knew that they were saying something about me and it was very uncomfortable. Over the years, I have come to understand, though, the importance of language. Even here in the United States, where most of us speak the same language. In different parts of the country, though, there are different dialects to that language. Words that mean one thing in one part of the country means something completely different in another part of the country. There's our own southern dialect, bless your hearts. But then over in New Orleans, things are totally different. In Boston, even across that city, there are many different dialects just within the city of Boston. And if you don't know and understand those differences, you could put yourself in a whole lot of trouble. So language is so very, very important. In our text here in Acts, language is very important. You see, Jerusalem was the religious and cultural center of everything. People from around the world gathered there. God wanted them all to hear and know the good news. He wanted them to go back to their own people and to take that message of Jesus Christ with them. After the Spirit filled the disciples, they must have spilled out into the streets. And those God-fearing Jews that were around, they saw the work of the Holy Spirit. And they heard the disciples speaking in the languages of all the different people that were there. They were thought to be drunk. But that was not the case at all. This was a great miracle. They spoke the different languages so that all the people could understand the gospel. God does not want us to speak so that no one will understand. If you go back to the scriptures in 1 Corinthians 14, 19, Paul says, But when I'm in a church, assembled for worship 
I'd rather say five words that everyone can understand and learn from than say 10,000 that sound to others like gibberish. Now in other translations of scripture, that gibberish is interpreted as tongue. Tongues are a form of prayer that only God can understand and is only given by God. Prophecy is proclamation that others can understand. God wants there to be understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me put it in a little bit different perspective, if you will. I want you to think about one of your normal church services in, in your sanctuary, wherever you worship. And I know that there are others here this morning besides those from Red Ridge. But uh, think about one of your services in your sanctuary. Or even as we gather here online, um, as we look around the room, our sanctuary, or as we look through the comments section of our computers, we see that we have visitors here from Russia. And there's even a delegation of people here from Italy who have come to worship with us. Now just imagine that God has given us, the local church folks, the gift to speak to those Russians and those Italians in their own languages so that they could understand about Jesus Christ. This is exactly what happened at Pentecost. If we look through the comments here on Facebook Live, I doubt very seriously that we are going to see any visitors from Russia or Italy. But if you look beyond the virtual walls of our church, you will see house after house of people who were not in church today. They need to hear the good news in their own language. So in order to get the message out to those in the community, we, the local church folks, have to learn to speak the language of our community. In his book, How to Reach Secular People, George Hunter points out that Christianity's influence has drastically declined in the United States today. And as we look around our community and the surrounding areas, we know, sadly, how true that is. Hunter says that there seems to be one common characteristic that all secular people share. The fact that their lives are not significantly influenced by the Christian faith. Let me repeat that. The fact that they, the secular population, their lives are not significantly influenced by the Christian faith. He goes on to talk about the importance of communication and how vital that is in reaching out to the secular people in our community. 
those of us in church have to use language to reach people. But we can't use our own church language. I can remember in elementary school, uh, my mom was checking me out to go to the dentist one day. This was middle of the week. And I had gone into the girls' bathroom and I brushed my teeth because I was going to the dentist. And when I came out, I got in line for the water fountain. And there was a girl standing in line next to me, and she turns around and she says, Are you saved? And I looked at her a little strangely, and I said, Saved from what? You see, what happened in that instance was she was using church language. And she was using a church language that we weren't familiar with in my faith tradition. I didn't understand that concept of being saved, if you will. So, language is important. Language is important. We have to find and to use a language that the people will understand and that they can relate to. All we really have to do is tell those people what we know. Jesus. We should tell them what we've seen, how God has changed our lives, and the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. And we have to tell the people what that relationship with Jesus means to us, and how we depend on that relationship in our everyday living. We have to personalize the message of the good news. The most important truth that I gained from Hunter's book is the fact that congregations have to open their hearts to the presence and the power of God. And only by doing this can we ever hope to reach those in our community who don't know about God. And his grace. We, the church, have alienated the secular population. We've become a cult. We've become self-centered. We've become a group that only throws money at an issue and doesn't get our hands and our feet dirty. It's almost like the church has an attitude like we found in the field of dreams. That since we built the church, if we sit back and wait, the people will come. How's that been working for us? I cannot tell you how many people in every community, in every church that I have ever served who are totally amazed and really just downright don't believe that there are people in their community who have never heard the name Jesus. But there are. Even here in the community of Lake Martin and Dayton. 
with churches that are almost on every corner and in between. There are people who have never heard the name Jesus or even know who he is. And it is our responsibility as the church to go to them and to tell them about Jesus Christ using their language in ways that they can understand. You see, what Pentecost does is reverses the curse of the story of Babel. Do you remember in the Old Testament, in Genesis chapter 11, when God confused the language of all the people and he scattered them abroad over the face of the earth? Here at Pentecost, the opposite was true. People came together in one place and each hears Peter as if he is speaking in his or her own language. I dare say we need another Pentecost today. We need the Holy Spirit to fill and to fuel us. We need the Holy Spirit to breathe life into us and to set us on fire just like it did at the first Pentecost. We need to give God's Spirit space within us to burn. It would make such a powerful difference in the world that we live in. When we give God's Holy Spirit room to catch fire inside of us, the Spirit produces fruit. The fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let me repeat those fruits of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit in us can produce. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Who knows where our communities would be and how they would be if those of us that are listening right now would turn everything over to the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit would allow us to find the language that we need, to be spoken in our communities, and to share that good news of Jesus Christ with all of those people who don't know Him. In Ephesians, Paul tells us that Christ equips us for the work of ministry. That is, the building up of the body of Christ. We can only do that through the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. By practicing the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into Christ, who is our head. Are you up to the challenge this morning?
Do you want to see the Holy Spirit at work in your community? If you do, I'm asking that you join me right here and right now in prayer. And we will pray in unison for the power of the Spirit to fill this space. And if you think about that for just a moment, that's an awful big space that encompasses all of us that are listening right this moment. All of this space and all of this people. And we'll just see where it takes us. It'll be a risk. It'll be a challenge. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, also comes the confidence to do what needs doing. So how about it? Will you join me in prayer? I ask that you pray for yourself and for this community. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come to you this morning ready and openly for the power of the Holy Spirit to work in and through each and every one of us that are gathered here in this worship service. Lord, let it invade all those spaces of our being, our minds, our mouth, our ears, our hands, and our feet. Lord, let us not recognize anything of ourselves, but only of the, the power of the Holy Spirit in us. But Lord, don't let it stop here. As we leave our computers and our phones and our tablets after this message, Lord, let us take the power of the Holy Spirit that is building in each of us out in our, into our communities. Lord, let us really see our neighbors just as we see ourselves. But Lord, make us especially attuned to the needs in our community, to the hurts in our community. Lord, and with the saving power of your Holy Spirit, show us how to minister to those needs. Help us to speak the language that can get the message of Jesus Christ across to our neighbors and in our communities. Father God, you have our permission to go to work and let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, Lord. And let us be reminded that we do this as one body, the body of Christ, in the communities where we are. In the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen.